So throughout much of history, speech was limited. Speech against the monarch was limited. Speech against the government of whatever it may have been was limited. Uh, religious speech, speech against a particular dominant religion would have been limited. So for most of history, most people did not have freedom of speech. In fact, today, much of the world doesn't have freedom of speech, freedom to say what they want. But freedom of speech to say whatever we want has always been a bedrock principle here in the United States. Our country was founded on the principle to allow people to say what they want. We enshrine this in the First Amendment of our Constitution, allowing for free speech that people can, the government shall not infringe on people's speech. So the question that we're going to ask today is, should speech really be free? Should anyone be able to say whatever they want? So the truth is, even here in the United States, which has greater freedoms of speech probably than any other country in the world, still today, despite what you hear in the media, um, over the years, our Supreme Court has put limits on speech, such as child porn, public obscenity, um, you know, using uh, obscenity over public airwaves, um, espionage, is espionage laws, um, or speech that leads to direct harm. And there's a handful of other examples uh, within school, things that can lead to harm or obstruction of the school setting. Um, there's, there's various exceptions um, enshrined by our Supreme Court over the years, over the centuries, uh, to our freedom of speech that we have in this country today. But generally speaking, offensive speech, speech that offends people and does not cause any direct material harm, so you're not advocating for violence or something like that, just offensive speech, is generally considered protected and free. So in this country, you have the freedom to offend people as much as you want. There's some limits on that. There's limits on harassment. Um, you can get restraining orders on people um, for harassment. There is some limit on offensive speech, but it's fairly, there isn't much. And so in this country, offending people is pretty free, where you have the freedom to offend anyone you want, anytime, in just about any way you want. But our question is for today is, should it be free? Should you have the right to offend people? So before asking the question of whether we should be allowed to offend people, whether we should have the freedom to offend others, um, when we speak about freedom, we really need to define what we mean by that freedom. So when speaking of freedoms in the United States, in our constitution, what that means is freedom from government intrusion. So the government or any government institution, including say a school, but any government institution doesn't have the right to stop you from saying something with some exceptions that the Supreme Court has added over the years. But generally a government institution doesn't have the right to stop you from saying something. They cannot penalize you in any way for something that you said. However, that doesn't stop private people 
or businesses from taking steps to stop you from saying things. It might be unpopular for people to do that, to stop you from saying what you want, but a private um, place, private community center, a business, a store, a private school have the right legally to stop you from saying whatever they want to stop you from saying on their premises or within their, uh, within their jurisdiction. So it doesn't mean that, or, and they can penalize also. Somebody could say, if you say that, I'm not going to do business with you. I won't talk to you. That's legal too, right? We have the freedom to penalize others privately for offensive speech. Mm-hmm. The, um, the freedom that we have in this country is really freedom from government regulation or government penalty, imposed penalties for speech. It also doesn't address the ethics of it. It doesn't tell us if it's ethical, if it's the right thing to do or not. The fact that the government cannot stop you from doing something, cannot penalize you from doing something, doesn't mean that it's good to do or it's the right thing to do. When we speak of whether Judaism or the Torah allows for something, so this could be in two ways, right? We are, God gives us instructions, which we, through our covenant with God, have committed to follow, which really all humanity, even those that have not made a covenant with God, in other words, if they're not Jewish, um, as God's creations are required to follow God's values, certain values. So God tells us certain things are ethical through the Torah. Those things are values. We're required to follow them, whether or not this whether whether or not there's a consequence for not following them. In other words, if God says don't do something, we shouldn't be doing it, whether there's going to be a consequence or not. So when we say does the Torah allow for it, it's not an enforcement question. It's not a question, is anyone going to punish you for it? Is anyone going to actually stop you? But it's an ethical question that we ask ourselves, is it the right thing to do? Should we be doing it? Very different than the constitutional or government role where we're speaking about the government enforcement power. When we speak of Torah's rules, we're asking, should Torah, does the Torah tell us that we should be doing it or should not be doing it? Is it ethical to do? Now, the Torah also does have enforcement rules also as well. When we lived in the land of Israel under a religious government led by the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council of Judaism, We enforce Jewish laws with penalties, and there's many penalties mentioned in the Torah for various laws. And then sometimes Jewish governments did penalize for various things. Even in the diaspora, we had Jewish communities, organized Jewish communities with their own penal power. They would penalize for various, they had enforcement mechanisms for various unethical actions. Today, though, there is no enforcement, Jewish enforcement. So our question will then be an ethical question, and a twofold. Firstly, should we be doing it? Is it a good thing to do, or is it a bad thing to do? It's an ethical question. Should we be doing it? And the second question, which is a follow-up, is given that we have some means of enforcement, both in our own private lives and due to our influence on government through our power of democracy, um, should we encourage enforcement to limit offensive speech or not. So 
when we look at the Torah, it is clear that the Torah puts a lot of premium on words. The words that we speak matter. Speech isn't free, not in the sense of freedom, but in the sense of it being meaningless. We believe that words are very meaningful. We have a number of commandments that involve speech, reciting the Shema. During the Omer period, the period between Passover and Shavuot, we every day count the Omer. It's a verbal mitzvah. There are a number of other, our prayers are all verbal. There are a number of mitzvahs that involve speech. There are also mitzvahs about things we're not allowed to speak, things we're not allowed to say. One example of forbidden speech is lashon hara, which literally translates as bad speech. It means sharing negative information about another individual. This would prohibit slandering a person. Slander is forbidden. That's a separate prohibition of the Torah to say something, spread false negative information about a person. But the Torah goes further. It forbids true negative information about a person. You're not allowed to share it. If someone did something bad or there's something negative about them, you're not allowed to say it to another party. You're not allowed to share it with somebody else unless it's going to save someone from harm. For example, if you know someone is going into a business deal with a crook, you're allowed to tell them that person that you're working with is a crook. Keep away from them. You're saving them from harm. That's okay. But if they're not going into a business deal or considering some sort of deal with them, you can't just go over to another party and say, that person's a crook, so-and-so is a crook. And we're forbidden from doing so. We're not allowed to share negative information about another person. If somebody's maybe a threat to the public, then you can share it publicly um, that they're a threat. But otherwise, we're not allowed to just share negative information about other people. That would put a lot of our news industry out of business. Never say anything bad about another person. Furthermore, the Torah forbids us from what's called rechilot or gossip. We're not allowed to share personal information about other people, private information. Today, there's a whole industry dedicated to gossip. Magazines, that all they do is gossip. Share private information about people. We're forbidden from doing so. You're not allowed to share compromising private information about people that they wouldn't want shared publicly. We're forbidden from doing so. These are all forbidden forms of speech, part of the prohibition of Lashon Hara or negative speech. We've done a class in the past on negative speech, and so we're not going to focus on that subject for today. Instead, we're going to talk about another type of speech that the Torah prohibits as well, and that is offensive speech. Now, when we speak of offensive speech, I want to be clear that people often use the term offensive speech, speaking about opinions that they disagree with. Someone says something, I strongly disagree with that opinion. And they say, I'm offended by what you said, by your views. 
Right? When we speak of offensive speech here, we're not talking about opinions. Now, offering bad opinions might be a bad idea too, right? Some opinions could be harmful, right? Conspiracy theories regarding medications or vaccines are extremely harmful for public health. Some opinions might be very harmful, but that's not what we're referring to. When we speak over here today about offensive speech, we're not speaking about someone's opinion is offensive. Someone's views on policy or the way things are, are offensive. We're talking about someone offending, whether individuals or groups, but saying something about an individual, about a group that is offensive to them. So, um, <laughs> so in Judaism, the Torah says pretty explicitly that we are, in this week's parsha, that we are forbidden to offend other people, lo tonu ish et amito, which literally translates as do not cause pain to another person. We are forbidden to pain another person. And our oral tradition says that means through offensive speech. This is, as we mentioned earlier, a continuation of the prohibition of the Torah from cheating people. You're not allowed to cheat people. You're taking advantage of them. You're not allowed to cause pain to people either. Of course, you're forbidden from causing physical pain to people. That's a separate prohibition. But you're not allowed to cause someone emotional pain by offending them. And this includes offending any people in any way that they may find hurtful. Whether saying something offensive to them, calling them a nickname, making fun of people, pra playing practical jokes on someone to laugh at their expense are all part of the prohibition. And this prohibition is not only verbal speech, it is also written speech. Not only can you not say something bad about somebody, something offensive to somebody, you cannot write something offensive to somebody either. That is forbidden as well. The Mishnah offers some examples. The Mishnah tells us, say for example, somebody had been bad, had done bad things in their lifetime, and then they did what we call in Hebrew teshuva. They repented. They mended and changed their ways. You can't remind them of their bad ways. You can't say, hey, remember when you used to uh, the way you used to live, remember what you used to do? You're forbidden from doing so. That's offensive. Another example mentioned in the Mishnah, tell a convert, a Jew who converted, who had been born non-Jewish and converted to Judaism, remind them that they used to not be Jewish. For example, say, um, you used to eat non-kosher. That would be forbidden. That's offensive. You're offending them. Another example that the Mishnah offers is, if you see in quotes, and this, actually, um, this is actually mentioned in the book of Job, um, if you see someone suffering, and you tell them, you know why you're suffering? You deserve it, because of the things that you've done. That's offensive too, says the Mishnah. You're not allowed to say that. When Job was suffering, one of his friends said that to him. Not allowed to say that. Very offensive. So we're basically forbidden to say anything that would make somebody else feel uncomfortable, feel insulted, feel embarrassed, we're forbidden from doing so. Of course, you got to try your best. 
some people have very, very, very thin skin. And it's very hard not to offend them. Um, get offended from innocent things that you say where you never meant to offend. So you have to be, do your best, but you should be careful as well. If there's something that might offend another person, don't say it. If you're unsure as to how your words will be taken, don't say it. We're supposed to not only think about when we say something about what the way we understand it, we're supposed to recognize the way other people will take it. Sometimes you mean something innocent, but it can easily be taken the wrong way. Don't say it. You're supposed to think about that in advance. How are they going to hear my words? Are they going to take it negatively? Even though I'm not meaning it in any bad faith, I don't mean to offend them. Are they going to take it in such a way? If you think they are, don't say it. You have to be aware of the way our words will be taken. The way other people will see our words. The Talmud says that the gates of prayer for somebody who was offended are never closed. God always responds to people who are offended, including punishing the offender. So there's consequences for people. God ensures there are consequences, we believe, for all negative actions of a person, but particularly for offending another person. The Talmud particularly says we have to be very careful not to offend somebody to make to the point that they cry. Um, you make somebody else cry. God always listens, makes someone else cry. God always um, listens to their prayer. Um, so somebody who's particularly sensitive, be careful not to offend them. We should also not be too sensitive. Not good to get offended. Um, we shouldn't be very sensitive, but we should be careful not to offend other people. The Talmud says if you embarrass another person or offend them, insult a person, or even just embarrass them, you lose your portion in the world to come. Meaning you lose your afterlife for offending people. Talmud says the same thing for calling somebody an offensive nickname. You call them a nickname that they don't like, just for a nickname, for using a term for someone that they dislike, that itself is considered offensive. You lose your portion in the world to come. Talmud goes so far to say that offending or embarrassing somebody is like murdering them. Called Hamal bin Pnei Chavero. Literally, if you make your friend turn white, you embarrass them. It's Hareze. It's like you're murdering them. Fortunately, we know today people that are, are verbally abused or bullied sometimes do end up taking their own lives because of that. So you have to be very, very careful to never offend people. There's a particular mitzvah, and this is a mitzvah that's repeated twice in the Torah. Not too many mitzvahs are repeated twice, but this one is not to offend a convert. In addition to the general prohibition, don't offend anyone, the Torah says don't offend a convert, someone who converted to Judaism. They're extremely sensitive. They didn't grow up with it. They're somewhat of an outsider. They don't have family or support within the Jewish community. The Torah twice warns us not to offend a convert. 
in addition to the general prohibition of not offending people. Any comments or questions? Um, a good example about um, um, not saying anything negative about a person um, unless not it, unless not saying it is going to create pain for somebody else. Um, my cousin um, was going to be getting this was engaged to this guy and um, somebody told her father, my cousin's, my, my uncle, that the man she was going to marry was a kleptomaniac is that he had gone into his store many times and had stolen goods, you know, went in the dressing room, put it in and walked out. And then this man uh, called my father and uh, told him, and, and my father was so torn, he didn't know what to do, whether he should tell my, you know, my uncle or not. And um, he chose not to. He, he was just so ripped apart by having to make that decision. Sometimes so, you do need to warn somebody, you know, they're marrying someone, they have a problem. Um, you do need, if you know it to be true, you're certain it's true. You got to be careful that you're not spreading false information. Um, you do need to warn somebody. And um, it sounds like in that kind of situation, you would want to. Um, and you would want to be warned about it. Uh, but generally, in Lashon Hara, we have to be careful, right? But um, this, we, today, we're not going to focus so much on the saying bad about others, but more so about offending other people. Yeah, um, but now that you've mentioned marriage and engagement, it's important for people not to offend the person they're dating when people are engaged and break off engagements, not to offend people. Um, it's very easy to, you know, it's obviously very emotional and very difficult. And we have to do it without offending them. Um, the, there's, um, <laughs> we have a Jewish tradition that if somebody offends an earlier date that they were someone they were dating or earlier boyfriend, girlfriend that they broke off with in a, maybe a negative way, they didn't do it right in an offensive way, um, it will hold them back from finding the right person. And um, often, you know, the Rebbe or other you know, sages would tell someone who says, I can't find, struggling to find the right one. So if, go just think if you've ever offended an earlier person you were dating. Wow. <laughs> so we've got to be very, very careful not to offend people. Not only should we not offend people, we're also forbidden from, as part of this prohibition, from making fun of others. That's what comedians do. Mostly they make fun of other people. We're not supposed to make fun of other people or make jokes at their expense. Um, examples that the Mishnah gives us some examples of making fun of others, asking a question to someone that you know doesn't know the answer, just to embarrass them, just to make them feel uncomfortable. Or the Mishnah says, if somebody's looking, you have donkey, riders that are looking for hay for their donkey, you send them to a store that you know doesn't sell hay that they're looking for. Sending someone somewhere that you know isn't the right place just to have a laugh at their expense. That's forbidden. And this includes a prohibition really to mislead somebody in any way, whether to help yourself 
or just to poke fun at somebody or forbid it from misleading people. Giving people bad advice is really its own prohibition. We're not supposed to mislead people for our own benefit, but we're not supposed to mislead people just to, for fun either. Um, even, if it just, even if it doesn't cause them any harm, it just inconveniences them. You make them look like a fool for your own enjoyment or entertainment. It's forbidden to do so. Even wasting someone's time unfairly is wrong, even if they don't realize it. The Mishnah says part of, part of this prohibition would be to walk into a store to inquire about somebody's wares with no intention of buying. They treat you like a potential customer and you don't even intend to buy. Since uh, a lot of people, what they call that Amazon shopping, right? Where you go into a store to see what they have and then go buy it on Amazon. Um, that's forbidden as well. We're not supposed to go into a store. Now you could go into, you can go into a store without taking the salesperson's time, right? The problem is if you take up their time um, and that's, that's really where the problem lies. Um, I should mention that almost all brick and mortar stores will match Amazon prices. Um, I do it all the time. You get much better pricing that, that way. Um, that's fair. You're being honest with them. That's fine. Um, we just show them the price on Amazon. They'll give you the same. But we shouldn't walk into a store, take up a salesperson's time in order to understand the electronics we're trying to buy and then go buy it online. Um, we're forbidden um, from doing so. Again, that's misleading somebody part of this same prohibition. It might not be offending them, but misleading people is forbidden as well. Interestingly, the Sefer Chassidim, which is a um, 13th century book, writes that part of this mitzvah is acting with proper etiquette. When you eat without proper etiquette or, um, you know, or even act without etiquette, you get other people upset. So today, um, if somebody sneezes without covering their without covering themselves, now you have a mask on anyway. Everybody gets upset. Uh, you don't let it get people upset like that. If it bothers people, don't do it. So any type of proper etiquette, you act a certain way. It's going to bother people that you, when you act that way in front of them, um, whether it's eating without proper manners or um, without table manners or any way that you act that upsets other people reasonably, right? You, sometimes you're very being there except upsets people. But any way that you act that upsets other people, don't do it. We're not supposed to upset people. It's part of the same prohibition of not offending people. So we know that any form of offensive speech, which will insult people, anything that will embarrass people, anything that will make someone else uncomfortable is forbidden. It's forbidden to do so verbally, face to face with someone. It's forbidden to do so with, in writing. The Torah prohibits all of them. So we, as Jews who have to follow the Torah, definitely it's one of our 613 commandments. We definitely have to be careful not to offend and insult or embarrass other people. What about when other people are saying things that are offensive? Should we stop them? So if they're saying something offensive to ourselves, 
we should just be careful to note, is it really offensive? Do they really mean it offensively? Um, often people take offense when they really shouldn't. Often people, and it's not a good way to live, right? People get offended from everything. It's not healthy, right? If we're the, sometimes someone's clearly trying to embarrass you or offend you. And then if you have the power to stop it, you should, if not walk away. But we should be careful and note that not always when someone's trying to offend, when we think we're, so what someone's saying is offensive, do they really intend it offensively? In fact, our sages say we should judge people favorably. If you're unsure what their intention is, judge them favorably. Maybe they never really meant it in a um, harmful way. Maybe they, they didn't realize that what they were doing, you would find offensive. So we, we should be careful about that. Um, there's a famous story about a great sage who lived, a great rebbe who lived um, 150 years ago, the Tzemach Tedek. Somebody once came to him and said, Rabbi, Rabbi, in my synagogue, everybody steps on me. And so he's speaking figuratively, right? So the Rebbe said to him, if you don't spread yourself out all across the synagogue, wherever anyone steps, they're stepping on you, you won't have a problem. In other words, sometimes people feel that everybody's going out after them, everyone's offending them. But it's our choice to get offended from everything or not. Um, often people don't mean to offend you. People aren't out to get you. Um, and people choose to get offended. So we should be careful if we're the recipient, be careful, differentiate between whether they really are trying to offend us or maybe they mean well and they didn't realize that what they're saying would find offensive. And then don't take offense. They didn't mean it. And we should always, when unsure, always judge people favorably. We should always give them the benefit of the doubt. What about when you see somebody offending somebody else? Can, should you stop them? So to be clear, there's no financial compensation. There's no public penalty in Judaism that can be enforced for offending someone. For cheating, yes. For physical harm, yes. You got to pay for any physical harm you cause. But for even for causing someone physical pain, you got to pay for that. But offending somebody verbally, Jewish law, there is no penalty for that. You don't pay for it. Right? There's no enforceable penalty in a Jewish court. Um, when we'd have a Jewish court, you know, in, when we'd have a Jewish government for it. So we can't make, we can't sue someone to speak nicely. But we should do all we can to encourage it. If you see someone using offensive speech, you should step in and discourage that offensive speech. You see someone saying something offensive to somebody else or to yourself, you should step in and say, that's not okay. That's offensive. You should not be speaking like that or writing like that. We definitely should not try to offend them back. That would be a further prohibition, right? If somebody hurt you, to hurt them back would be forbidden. You can sue them, but you can't hurt them back. If somebody offends you, you don't have any right to offend them back, right? That would also be part of the prohibition. Just because they offended you doesn't give you permission to transgress the prohibition of not offending people. You can defend yourself. You can ask them not to offend you, 
um, walk, move away from them, keep away from them. You shouldn't offend them. You can't. You don't have the right to offend them back. Today, unfortunately, with digital media, with social media, um, offensive speech has spread. People write offensive things all the time, and there's been, in fact. I would say to some extent, I, I don't have a Twitter account for this reason, but I think Twitter is by and large, mostly people who spend time offending other people. I mean, most of it's mean, most of what people are writing. They're writing mean things. So there's been a huge debate in recent years about the role of these platforms to regulate the meanness and offense, offensiveness on their own platforms. Should the government step in and regulate it? So I mentioned earlier, we have some power to influence the government in our democracy. Um, I'm not sure that the government could or should necessarily have a role in regulating offensive speech. It'd be a very, very difficult thing to regulate. In Judaism in general, when a government creates regulations it's for a Jewish government, but the same values we could apply to any government. When a government creates regulations, it has to be a regulation that's reasonably enforced and won't be abused. There's no value having a regulation on the book that can't be enforced. So um, I'm not sure there's a re reasonable way to, that the government can step in and regulate offensive speech. But there's no question that platforms themselves have a greater ability to step in and stop it. Um, this is definitely true on news sites. There's been a proliferation um, since, the, since, the, since the internet came online, but really in the last couple of years of Jewish news sites. There's a lot of Jewish news sites today out there. Um, and on these news sites, there's many comment boards, right? Um, there's many, um, there's room for comments after articles like almost every site has. And um, over the years, some of them became infested with offensive speech. If you want an example of offensive speech today, go to read the New York Times or the Washington Post's um, comments on articles. Um, there's people that just sit and write mean things to other commentators about people in the, in, uh, mentioned in the article about various groups out there. Um, they're full of mean stuff. So um, there's a lot of Jewish news sites. And um, in recent years, the rabbis, religious leadership and within the Jewish community have made it clear to these editors that they need to moderate the comment sections on their sites. They're out of line with our Jewish values. Um, and as a result, almost all Jewish sites today have moderated content. A lot of general news sites do for the same reason. Nobody likes to read mean stuff, but um, because some people like to write it. I don't think anyone likes to read it. So, um, but so many, most sites today do regulate the comment section. Will they'll delete the mean stuff? and somebody who repeatedly writes things that are clearly mean um, gets banned. Now, on a public board, that's somewhat easier. Um, on social media, with, which is really private conversations between groups and endless numbers of conversations, 
very, very hard to monitor offensive speech. I'm not sure what responsibility, I don't have an answer to that question, what responsibility platforms have to regulate offensive speech. Um, clearly, they have some responsibility. Um, clearly, they should regulate offensive speech to some extent, um, particularly when children are involved and there's been a lot of harm. Um, how they can do it and what they can do is, I really don't have the answer. Um, but regardless, we should be clear that any speech that will upset or embarrass somebody is unacceptable. We shouldn't say it ourselves. We shouldn't allow others to use speech that insult, embarrass, or upset another person. The Torah law doesn't allow it. Our Torah values don't allow it. How far we could go to regulate other people using it, Again, we should try to discourage others, stop others if we can. Today, um, on online and on social media, how far we can realistically go, I don't know. But if we have our own pages um, where we can moderate the discussion, and we can on our own, say, Facebook pages or our own Twitter feeds, um, we can moderate and delete responses that we don't that we find offensive. Uh, we should. We should not allow people to write offensive things. Anything that may even be taken offensively, um, this should be a moderator to make sure people just don't write offensive things. Any questions? Marla? Um, I, I have known for a long time that gossip is against Jewish values and I've worked really, really hard to stop it in myself. However, sometimes somebody tells me something if I tell them that I don't want to hear it, doesn't that offend them? We can tell someone what they're doing is wrong without fear of offending them. Okay. Um, now, even when we tell them we have an obligation to stop someone from doing something, especially when what they're doing is wrong, um, is harmful for us as well, such as gossip. Uh, we definitely should stop them. Um, now, when we do that, to be clear, we should avoid offending them as much as possible. So we should say it in as gently a way as possible without saying it in a way that's gonna get them upset if we can. But we definitely should stop them. Um, whether it's gossip or whether saying offensive things, we should tell them, I'm sorry, we don't speak like that. That's not okay, you can't talk like that. Um, or I don't appreciate when you say something that's offensive. Um, even if they're offending another person, we, we, should, we should step up and say something. Um, Yes, it will upset them, but you're upsetting them to tell them what they should, to tell them to do the right thing. Um, so that definitely is okay. We should still say it in a gentle way, right? We shouldn't say it in a mean way. Um, we should try to say it as gently as possible. So not only should we not offend people, but we should make every effort to speak positively about other people. We believe that words are very, very powerful. And just as offensive words can hurt, words can destroy, so too positive words can really help. People can truly be impacted by positive words we say to them. And people are really, and we, the truth is not only are other people impacted by words we say to them, think about people we, that were impacted by somebody who shared something with us, said something positive to us, praised us, and that gave us the motivation to work hard about something. Someone who told us you can do it, or you've done so well. People who spoke good to us, people praised us. That's what 
drove us to succeed. We can help other people by praising them, pointing out the good in them. Instead of using negative wording, instead of pointing out the problem, point out the positive, positive reinforcement. Not only do we help the other individual, we help ourselves. We are impacted by the wording we use. When we speak offensively about other people, it makes us an ugly person. It makes us a mean person. It makes us an angry person because we're speaking with angry words, with mean words. It changes, it impacts our own personality. When we say words of praise, when we say positive things, words of encouragement, it makes us more positive people. It not only positively impacts the person we're talking to or about, it impacts ourselves as well. We're impacted by the words we say. As we speak more positive, it makes us a more positive person. So we should make every effort to praise other people truthfully, right? Point out the good things within them. It doesn't mean you have to lie or pretend good things that aren't really true. Point out the positive things about them. Always notice the good. Don't notice when someone's doing something wrong. Notice when they're doing it right. And point it out to them. Say, you're doing the right thing. You're doing excellent. It's wonderful what you're doing. Keep going. The more we do that, the better we'll make other people's lives and the better we'll make our own lives, the more positive wording we use. We often hear that words don't matter much. Talk is cheap. Words are free. We often think that words don't matter much. But in Judaism, we believe that words are very, very powerful. We can save a life. We can destroy a life just with the power of speech. And we've seen this time and again, people that whose lives were destroyed because of words that were said to them, because of the way other people spoke to them, whether once, whether multiple times, people whose lives were saved, people whose life, who succeeded in life because of positive in, encouragement that they got. Words are extremely powerful. And so it's important to remember the power of the word, of the words that we use. In Hebrew, the term for words, devarim, can also be used for things. Because words are things. Words are real. They're not just words. They're real. They make a real impact. Once you say a word, you can never take it back. You can never take back the words you say. They impact other people. And they impact ourselves. And that's why in Judaism, we call people medaber. Medaber means communicators. What makes humans unique is not just our intelligence, our ability to communicate with each other, our ability to talk to each other, to say words to each other. The power to communicate makes us a person. And the type of person that we're going to be depends on how we communicate with others. A person who says offensive things to others, even when that other person deserves it, becomes a negative person themselves. A person who says positive things, praises others, encourages them, becomes a positive person. 
So words are extremely powerful. We can control our lives and the lives of other people simply with the power of words. Words are extremely, extremely powerful. And so it's really important to always remember that every word we say is valuable. Every word we say is meaningful. It's very, very, very powerful. If you're unsure if you should say it or not, don't say it. But if there's something good you could say, something positive, find something positive to say. It will make a difference. Not only to the person you're saying it to, even to yourself as well. So the one thing we should take out, not only that offending people, embarrassing people, insulting people, is um, fooling people, misleading people, is all forbidden in Jewish law. But also we should focus on using positive words, try to use as much positive as possible.